Amen. Amen. Have you sensed the presence of the Lord in this place today? Of course you have. Hey, uh, we are about a third of the way through of our 40 days in the Word. This is week three as far as the sermons are concerned, and I hope, man, I hope you're, you're getting out of it what I'm getting out of it. Um, so let me just start by saying if, if, you, if you've not plugged in, you still want to get a journal, still want to get a workbook, um, I've got three available. We've sold out twice. Come on, somebody. How about that? Um, but I got, I got a partial shipment in, so I got three books. So if you still want one and, and you hadn't gotten one yet, then, then I can help three of you. So we got more coming, but today I can help three of you. So uh, let's, just, let's just jump right into God's Word this morning. Um, today we're going to talk about the transformational power of, of God's Word. And it is there is power to change our lives in God's word. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. Jesus said these words, the words that I've spoken to you. This is John chapter 6. They are full of the spirit and life. And I, I, I want you to grasp this with me today. That, that book you hold or that device you hold with your scriptures in it. There is power and life and goodness in that book. It, because it's not just a book, y'all. Um, we, when we talked about that scripture was our firm foundation last week, we talked about why you could trust the Bible. You can trust the Bible because it works by the way, right? right? Today, we're going to talk about how the word changes us, how the word of God changes us. Hebrews four verse 12 says this for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit between joint and marrow exposes our innermost thoughts and desires the word of god is alive and powerful so here's what you need to know you don't just read it you have a relationship with it let me see if i can explain how that might look um relationships genuine relationships tend to change your life don't they right I'll, I'll explain like this. My, I had a friend at my home church. Her name was Becky Chandler. And I thought she was going to be my girlfriend. <laughs> now, she was not going to be my girlfriend. It wasn't for any lack of trying. Come on, somebody. Any, every guy that's gotten shot down by the girl you thought was going to be your girlfriend, raise your hand. Okay. The rest of you are liars. I'm just kidding. So I thought she was going to be my girlfriend, but she wasn't. But she did change my life. Do you know why? Because she introduced me to Donna Henry, who would later become Donna Henry Lipe. And the rest is history. Relationships change your life, don't they? I met a guy at a music conference in 2001. His name was Kerry Swanson. And we were both, you know, I don't know, anytime you go to any kind of conference, you I, maybe you don't, but I wind up skipping a couple classes. I learned how to I learned how to skip school in the eleventh grade. So I, I was skipping a couple of the classes, and he happened to skip a couple of the classes, and we just introduced ourselves, talked to each other. I, I handed him my business card, and at that time, my business card said Minister of Music, Youth Pastor on it. And he went, "You're a youth pastor?" And I said, "Yeah." In fact, that's really where I feel like my calling is, and and uh, I'm a minister of music by necessity, but I'm a youth pastor by calling. And he said. 
my father is a pastor of a church in Statesboro, been looking for a youth pastor for six months. And three months later, guess where we lived? <laughs> Statesboro, Georgia. Relationships change our lives. And the truth is, the, most significant, the more significant the relationship is, the more drastic your life change will be. Um, I, Steve McGray gave me a book of pictures that, that he had taken back in the 90s. And I looked and I went, oh, how times have changed. I forgot what facial hair that wasn't gray looked like. You know what I'm saying? So the ultimate goal of Scripture, y'all, is life change. Life change is the ultimate goal of Scripture. The goal is for you not to memorize enough to win at Bible trivia. Don't play my wife at Bible trivia, by the way. That's not the goal. Life change is the goal. What's the goal? Life change is the goal. What's the goal? Life change. So when you pick up the Bible tomorrow morning to read it, it's not so you can check it off of your to-do list. It's so God can change your life through the authority and power of his word. Okay? So what's the goal? From this day forward. Every time you open that book, God changed my life through the power and authority of your word. And he can. You know why? Because it's alive and active. It's powerful and alive. It's not a book. It's an entity. It's something that's alive. Because it's the word of God. It's the breath of God, y'all. Here we go. How does, God words, how does God's word change me? I'm going to give you several ways. Number one, it makes me new. James 1 and 18 says, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. 1 Peter 1 and 23 says, You have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Here's why. Through the living and enduring word of God. You're not going to like this. Some of you are not going to like this. Maybe you will. I don't know. That, that Bible is essential to your salvation. And you're like, whoa, 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 Dwayne, stop. I, all you theology majors, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing you curveball. It's just the finished work of the cross. You know I believe that. But guess what? If it weren't for the Bible, you would know nothing of Jesus. If, if it weren't for this very alive, very powerful scripture that you hold, you'd know nothing of Jesus. See, just like Becky introduced me to Donna, the Bible introduces you to Jesus. You can't have a relationship with Jesus apart from that scripture. And, and there's a whole segment of, of, the, of our culture I like what Jesus said, but we, we need to tone down the Bible. Jesus, John introduced Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. All things were created by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. You can't separate Jesus from the Word because He is the Word, y'all. <laughs> oh. The two greatest revelations of God to humanity are his son and his breath. And you can't have one without the other. So it makes me new. The reason 
the reason I have placed my faith and hope and trust in Jesus is because for 2,000 years that word has existed long enough to introduce me to Jesus. Can't have one without the other. And let me tell you, and I don't, I don't have time to hang out here too long, but, but that thought, the thought I just unpacked to you, is under attack in our culture. It's under attack to the point where we want to remove the standard of Scripture even from our pulpits. And that's a dangerous place. So please hear me when I tell you that this book, and we're going we're to get into this in just a second, that's, that's our authority. That's our standard. So it makes me new. Secondly, it makes me clean. When, when Paul's telling men how to treat their wives, he said, because you treat her like Christ, loved the, like Christ treats the church. Christ loved the church. This is Ephesians chapter 5. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her, say cleansing, cleansing. by the washing with water through the word. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 15. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. You're clean because of the word. Let me ask you a question. Now, I, I, I'm in this season of my life where I spend a lot of time staring at a computer. Between what I do here and my, my schoolwork, I, I stare at a computer. And I, a, a few weeks ago, on a Saturday, I spent all day outside in the yard. And I, I threw, I don't know how much junk in the burn barrel, and it was dirty, and it was gross, and it was glorious. <laughs> how many know sometimes it just feels good to get sweaty, nasty, dirty? Okay, maybe that's just me. I don't know. But it just felt so good. But you know what felt almost just as good? Is that shower right then. Oh, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm glad I got a big water tank, you know, so I can just stand here. It feels so good to get clean, right? See, here's the, it's the blood of Jesus that washes away our sin, y'all. But you can't separate Jesus from the Word. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. The Word became flesh. You can't separate Jesus from the Word. Now, the Holy Spirit's job, and if you... If those of you that came on Wednesday nights for our Forgotten God series, we talked about this. The Holy Spirit's, one of the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us of sin, right? But you know what he uses oftentimes is the Word. This is profound. You ready? This is deep. You might want to write this down because this is like deep stuff. You can't get clean until you know you're dirty. <laughs> okay, I raised two boys, as all of you know, most of you know. Let me tell you what no six-year-old boy has ever done. No six-year-old boy on the planet has ever spent all day outside wallowing in the mud, wallowing in the dirt, in the sun, getting gross, and has never walked in the door and go, Mama, can I go take a bath? No six-year-old has ever done that. Or, um, I swam today. Doesn't that count? No. Mikey hosed me off. No, that doesn't count. You know, 
early in your life, somebody had to tell you you was dirty. L- let me tell you something. There's nothing grosser than a seventh grade boy. <laughs> they stink. All right? Now, y'all are laughing. But when we, when we haven't been matured by the Word of God and by the community of faith, guess what? You don't know, we don't know we're dirty. And so what, what Christ is calling us to do is to invest ourselves in a community of faith and into his word. That's when we put that banner up there six months ago, eight months ago, nine months ago. Oh, Lord, it's October, ten months ago. <laughs> to cleanse us. It makes me new. It makes me clean. And it activates my faith. Romans 10, 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Do do you see the connection between the word and Jesus all through the New Testament? Yes. Yes, the answer is yes. And here's where the relationship happens. And let me see if I can can explain this to you. Um, And I didn't mean that to sound condescending. uh, But sometimes... What I have in my heart, I don't have the right vocabulary for. So that was more toward me than it was towards you. So let me ask you like, let, let me ask you like this. How many of you know everything there is to know about the Bible? I'm going to put my hand down. God's not asking you to accept his word as truth because it's historically accurate, even though we learned last week that it was. He's not asking you to accept his, accept his word as truth because it's scientifically accurate, which it is. We learned that last week. He's not asking you to accept his word as truth because it is prophetically accurate, even though it is. He's asking you to accept his word as truth and as the ultimate authority for your life. Here we go, by faith. So when you do that, even when you don't understand it all, and oh, by the way, you're never going to understand it all until you stare the word face to face. Oh, man, I I just got a little Pentecostal shiver in my back just when I said that. (laughs) Stare the word face to face. Mm. Anybody else looking forward to that day? So, uh, but until then, when we accept the word of God as truth by faith, we start to learn it and then we start to apply it to our life then your faith in the authority of Scripture and the power of God will deepen to the point where you're drawn to the Scripture in moments when you need counsel and direction, and it works. And you know what that does? It builds your faith. It's this circular motion. As it builds your faith, you start to look into the Word of God for your life, for your counsel, for, uh, for life. And I don't know how else to say that. You'll, you'll find a, yourself in a difficult situation, and instead of going on Facebook, you'll open your Bible. Instead of, now listen, I believe in in seeking wise counsel from your friends and from those that are following the Lord with you. I believe that. But oh my goodness, why would you not open the book that the author of life wrote, spent 1,600 years, 40 different men and women, three continents, three languages to put together for you? Why would you not consult that first? Rick Warren says, (laughs) what do you do when you're going through hell? Keep going. I don't want to camp out there, right? 
But what gives you strength to keep going, y'all, is your faith. Where does your faith come from? That book you hold in your hands. How many want to... Anybody ever been in a flaky season? You just, just me, where you just flaky? The most stable people I know, listen, the most stable people I know are people who have a strong faith in God and a deep relationship with Scripture. Those two things are connected. The most stable, solid rock people I know are people who have a deep relationship with Scripture and a strong faith in God. And those things are absolutely connected. So it makes me new. It keeps me clean. It helps me grow. It helps me grow. I just gave you the last one. The next one. It helps me grow. It helps me grow. Acts chapter 20 said, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up. Say, build you up. Listen, there's a lot of things in this world that's intended to tear you down. Right? There's a lot of things in the world that's trying to knock your feet out from under you. I want you to know that the Bible's there to build you up. Give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Second Timothy, I love this passage of scripture. We've talked about it since we started this 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 campaign says all scripture is God breathed. All scripture is God breathed, and look at this, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped. Anybody want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work? All right, let's let's have let's have a little fun. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. You, you, want a, you, you want a quick lesson on what that's all about? Teaching. It's going to show you where the path is. Scripture is going to show you where the path is. Rebuking, that's going to tell you where you fell off the path. Correcting, it's how to get back on the path. Training in righteousness, how to stay on the path. That's what the Word of God's for. Yes, because I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person in the world that's fallen off the path. And I bet I'm not the only person in this room that had trouble getting back on the path. And maybe I'm not the only person in this room that from time to time has a challenge to stay on the path. What's the common denominator for all of those things? Your Bible. God's Word. The breath of God. All right, helps me grow. Next, here we go. It brings light to the darkness. Oh, come on, y'all. If, um, so the longest passage, the longest chapter in the whole Bible is the 119th Psalm. And do you know what a vast, a great part of the 119th Psalm is talking about? Scripture. A whole lot of it. Talks about scripture. Let's look at a couple. Psalm 119, 130 says, Understanding your word brings light to the minds of ordinary people. Any ordinary folk here? Just ordinary folks? Yeah, me too. Brings light to the mind. I, I, love, the, I love the passages that, that talk about bringing light to our path. And, and we're going to read one of those. And that's been up there for 10 months now. But I, but I wonder if you're like me, and, and sometimes your mind gets clouded. I, I've told you before, you know, there are times when I have, 
I have difficulty sleeping, not because I'm, I'm, I'm overly stressed. I just can't turn my brain off. Is, is anybody else? You just can't turn your brain off sometimes. Can I tell you that what God's Word does is it, it brings light to that cloud. When you, when, when you focus your heart and meditate on Scripture, I'm just going to tell you the, 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 uh, the Word of God has this supernatural way of bringing clarity to a very chaotic world. Again, Psalm 119, we've, we've been talking about this all year, 105. Your word is a lamp to, my, a, a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Um, I, I, I love that the idea that God's word brings light to our feet. You know what would happen if he, if he showed a, shown you a light that showed way down your path? You'd probably lose your mind, right? A- anybody ever walk through something and, and you're like, as, as you're going through it, you, 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 you wish you knew the end, but you really don't want to know the end. And I, I'll tell you, uh, when, when uh, as, as many of you know, my, my dad went through a, you know, a, a little bit of a health struggle before he passed. And, you, you know, it doesn't matter if your dad's 35 or 90. You're never ready to lose your dad. My dad was 90. And I, I remember being with him in the hospital, and, you, and you're thinking, is, is, is this it? Is this, is this the last time? You know, is, is it, are, are, we, are we not going to walk out of here? And so it's in those moments in our lives. It's in those times when I'm, I'm just thankful that we have a path to guide our steps. Because God's probably not going to show you what's going on 10 years from now. But you know what he will show you? What you're supposed to do today. And, and, and listen, I don't know about y'all, but today's about all I can handle. I'm, in fact, somebody real smart said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough worries of his own. You know who said that, by the way? Jesus said that. He's a pretty smart guy. So, so God's word gives us light for today. You know, we, we, we've talked about this on Wednesday night. We get so consumed with what God wants to do in us, in our life. And I, I, let's stop that. What does God want me to do today? Yeah. Not, not 10 years from now. Because you know what we use that for? A cop-out. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have to do anything today because it's not happening, to, you know, for 10 years. What God, what's God going to do today? Because yeah. guess what is not promised? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Psalm 119, verse 99. Yes, I have more insight than my teachers, for I'm always thinking of your laws. Listen, um, I, I found that I'm, I'm a much better student at 50 than I was at 19. But really, it, it, the, the wisdom that we need for this life, you're not going to find in a textbook, y'all. The wisdom that we need for this life, is, you, you're not going to find in a classroom. The, the wisdom you need for this life, you're not going to find in a professor and listen, I'm a, I'm a proponent of education, and I, you know, I, I'm, I believe in it, and it's, yes. That's not where you're going to find wisdom to live this life. I believe with all my heart that the wisdom that you need to live this life, you find in the pages of God's Word. There we go. And then next, how does it change me? It encourages me. Oh, I love this passage. Look, Romans 15, verse 4. Says, Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the 
endurance. You ought to say that word with me. Endurance. Taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Are, are you getting this? Listen, I, 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 want you to, I want you to get on I want you to get on the internet and listen to your favorite preacher, lifepointchurch.cc. I want you to get on the internet. And I, I don't want you to do that. And I want you to, I want you to use all of your, your devotional tools because I use them and I believe them. But listen, don't use those instead of. Use those in addition to your study of God's Word. And if you need encouragement, you find yourself discouraged. Listen, don't turn on Dr. Phil. You know, you want to, never mind, I ain't going to say that. That's not, that's not, you turn that on to when you feel good that you want to laugh at somebody else. That's when you turn Dr. <laughs> Phil on. Man, you, you find yourself discouraged. Open that book and read from the author of life. Have a conversation with your father and breathe in some of his breath. Oh, you get so close to him, you can breathe his breath. You want, isn't that encouraging? Yes. yes. Psalm 119, verse 14, 114 says, You are my refuge and my shield. Listen to this. You ought to hang on to this. Your, your word is my source of hope. Where does your hope come from? From, from the breath of God. Mm-hmm. The last way it changes you is it liberates me. Anybody want to be free? Maybe I should ask a different question. Anybody remember what it felt like to be shackled? So what, what sets you free? Jesus said to the people who believed in him, John chapter 8, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Listen, I, I don't want you to compartmentalize your faith. I don't want you to think, well, I, well Jesus is in this box, and, and, and the Holy Ghost is over here when I need to feel good. And, and the Bible's there so I can... You know, check off my list in the morning. You know, so when Dwayne asked me if I did my devotion, I can say, yeah, I did. I don't want you to put those things in. They're not meant to be compartmentalized. What sets us free is a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, by the authority of his word. And the Holy Spirit lives in us and he dwells among us. What sets us free is the revelation of God through His Son, Jesus, and the authority of His Word. And listen, if you're bound this morning, I can point you to a word and a truth that will set you free. So what's my next step? Here we go. I got, how many, I don't even remember how many I gave you. Four. There's four of them. N- number one. Uh, most important one, fall in love with the author. Listen, if the only reason you're opening that book is to get, gather information, then you'll get it. There's information there, but it's not going to change your life. You know, what, you know what changed my life? 
it, it wasn't when I joined my church, and it, it wasn't when I got, I got baptized. That, you know, that was evidence of life change, but that's, you know, there wasn't no magic in the water, right? You know what changed my life? When I fell in love with Jesus. See, I, my early Christian experience was a little skewed. I gave my heart to Jesus because I was afraid of going to hell. Anybody there? I was like, you know, y'all remember the, some of y'all old enough to remember the 80s and the 90s, and, you know, we, we, we get around Halloween, and it was Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, <laughs> Judgment House, y'all remember that stuff? You know, I, and listen, I'm, I'm sure that stuff, I mean, it has its place, and I'm not, I'm not disparaging it, but it was, my early Christian experience was I was terrified of going to hell. And so I was like, well, there's only one other option. I want to go to heaven. And they said, the only way I can go to heaven is to live for Jesus. So that's what I'm going to do. And, and you know, I, I guess that's, I, I guess that's okay. But I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, there was no joy there. I didn't run it. I ran to Jesus out of fear. But a little bit into my walk with Christ, guess what happened? I fell in love with him. Man, I, I found a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And y'all, this isn't, this isn't, this is just Dwayne talking to you. Man, I, I, I found the, now, I, I've, I've got a lot of constants in my life. My, my wife is as solid as there is. I've got two amazing kids. I've got a beautiful church. And, and the girls, the, can't forget the girls. They're solid as rock, too. <laughs> but, but, but can I tell you, the, the most consistent, constant source of strength and hope that I've ever found is, was when I fell in love with Jesus. And so I guess if you're here or you're watching online and, and, and you're following Jesus out of re religion, you're following Jesus because you're just scared to go to hell. Listen, hell's a drag. I don't want to go there. But, but listen, my eternal life, my abundant life isn't starting when I go to heaven. It's, I'm living it right now, y'all. I'm living an abundant eternal life because I'm in love with Jesus. John 14, 23 says, and all who love me, uh-oh, here we go. People don't like preaching like this anymore. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. But look, look at, if you love me, he said, do what I say. This is another profound. You can't do what he says unless you know what he said. And the way you know what he said is to open the pages of his book. All right. Which brings us to step number two, learn it. Learn it. Jesus told a bunch of religious people these words. Uh, they, they're trying to stump him, as they always were. They're trying to stump him. They're trying to, you know, catch him in a trap. That, that's smart, isn't it? We're, we're going to try to catch the creator of the universe in a logical, circular trap. Here's... And he said, you made a mistake. Here's your mistake. Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures. And you don't know the power of God. I wonder if, if we can assume that those two things are connected. The scriptures and the power of God. Yeah. So let me, let me say this to you. Um, and, and with, with all the love that I can muster and compassion, um, sometimes we err and sometimes we get caught in even spiritual traps not because we're not 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 because we're we're trying to 
our mistakes are often because we don't know the scriptures. You know, James talks about, oh, I wish I had time. To, James talk, talks about uh, a group of people that would get blown about with every changing wind of doctrine. And, and, and I'm going to tell you what happens. And I, I'm, I'm a student of church culture. And all across our nation, here's what happens. What, whatever the popular thing is in Christianity is where people shift. And sometimes we shift in error because we've made a mistake that we don't know the Scriptures. Can, can I say, I want you to hear this out of, out of deep love from, from your pastor. Um, listen, there's a, lot, there's a lot of good teaching out there. And I, I would, y'all know me, and I'm never going to tell you that I'm the greatest Bible teacher there is on the word, in the world. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that. But I am going to tell you that there's some, there's some trash out there. And just because a church has a great hit song doesn't mean they're teaching sound doctrine. And your mistake is we follow it because we don't know the scriptures. You with me? All right. We fall in love with the author. We learn it and we accept it as our authority. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13 says, And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, receive the word of God, receive the word of God, you got it? which you heard from us, you accepted it. Not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. So look at those, look at those highlighted portions I gave you. You received the word of God, you accepted it as the word of God, and it worked in you because you believed. Yeah. And I've heard people say this, I can't trust something I don't completely understand. <laughs> then here's, here's what I need you to do. Never go on the internet again. What's the internet? No, no, no. Seriously, where is it? How do we turn it off? What's the internet? I, I dare say that there's not a soul in this room that could accurately describe what the internet is. But everybody in this room's probably been on it today. So don't tell me we can't trust something we don't understand. Because you can trust something. It's called faith. All right. And then lastly, Donna, come. We put it into action. Y'all, you need to listen to that, uh, to session three that we threw up there on the QR code this week. Because this is what it's going to be talking about. We, we don't just learn the word of God to learn it. We learn it to live it. I'm, I need to say that again. We don't just learn it to learn it. We learn it to live it. John said it this way. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you believe them. Is that what he said? It's on the screen behind me. He'll be blessed if you memorize them. He'll be blessed if you could pass a quiz on them. You'll be blessed, blessed if you listen to your pastor preach on them. Nope, that's not what it says. You'll be blessed if you do them. We, God's word changes us when we put it into action pray with me Father in Jesus name thank you so much for allowing us to be in your house with your word 
with your people. We believe, God, that by the power of your Spirit, you've performed miracles in hearts and lives of men and women. We believe that you're healing bodies and healing minds and healing relationships, breaking the chains of addiction and struggle. We believe that, oh God. But God, we've, we've learned today through the authority of your word that what genuinely transforms us is your bread. And thank you that you saw fit to breathe on us. Not just with the power of your spirit. We are so thankful for that. But God, you breathed on us and, and, and gave us your word. So God, now we repent. Because there have been times in all of our lives when we've neglected it. We've let it sit on a shelf. There's been times in all of our lives when we've turned to other sources for encouragement and hope and strength. So God, we repent. But today, God, would you help us all as a church and as individuals not just hear your word, but accept it as authority in our life. Accept it as the ultimate authority in our life. That we live our lives according to Scripture. We love our families according to Scripture. We relate with our church according to Scripture. We treat our wives and our children according to Scripture. We handle our money according to Scripture. Help us as a church and as individuals accept it as your authority. And now, Lord, if there's one here or watching online, that needs to fall in love with the author of this book. With the word who was made flesh and dwelt among us. God, I pray that today they'd open their heart, receive you as Christ and as Lord, as Savior and as Lord. We love you, Jesus. I just believe that we can't leave this morning without offering him gratitude and thanksgiving. So I wonder if you'd join me and, and Donna. Let's just do this chorus just once or twice. But listen, I want you to offer the king of the world your praise and honor and worship and gratitude. Sing that chorus, Donna. And the angels Yes.
Come on off the Lord an ovation of praise for his goodness. Yes, 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 yes. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here. Have an awesome, awesome, awesome afternoon. See you soon.